Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Millennial Discussions. I'm actually really excited about this episode. This episode, we're discussing how to get out of your rut. As an entrepreneur, as a business owner, sometimes just as a human, we get into these funks where, you know, we know we can but we just don't have the motivation, we don't have the energy, whatever the case may be. We just need that little push to keep going on. In this episode, we discuss how to how to get out of your rut, how to channel your inner greatness, how to look at the fact that you've done it before, you can do it again. Right. There are actionable steps in this episode. This is actually from a mastermind that I did with my real estate office. So, yes, it is geared towards real estate agents. However, as a business owner, you can pull something from it. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Thank you. All right. So thanks to everyone for being here. Tabitha, are you good? I think so. Can you hear me or see me? I can hear you. We can see you. You're good. Okay. awesome. Thank you so much to everyone that is here and everyone that was here on time. We appreciate you being here. This panel, this mastermind is really for, you know, anyone that just feels like you've done a deal so you know how to do it, but you you need more momentum, right? You need you need a push to just get you to where you want to go because we all have goals, right? Um so I asked some heavy hitters to come and share their secrets with us. Um, their best practices and, you know, um, things that they do in their business that is helping them um, have the level of success that they have. One thing that I love about KW, everyone shares their secrets. Like, it's really not like I've had, no one has given me any flack when it came to, if I had questions, I asked the questions to the right people and they shared like open books. So if you're present and you're showing up, um, and you're reaching out to the right people, we have a lot of support at our office, um, you're going to get the help that you need, right? So I just want to thank everybody for being as open um, with their business secrets because technically we are each other's competitors, right? And in a lot of other companies, it's not the same way. I was at a different real estate company before I came to KW and I just felt like, the smallest goldfish in the biggest sea. And I was like, all right, this is not for me. But I came to KW, the education is there, the support is there. And, uh, you know, just the the culture of not feeling like I can't tell you anything. That really made me, that's the reason why I'm still here, honestly. So thank you again to everybody. I'm going to just hop right into our first question. and I'm going to start with David. I'm going to let David answer this because he is the only man on the panel. We yes. appreciate him for being here. I'm very lucky in that manner. You know? <laughs> loves it. He's super mm-hmm. supportive and he has no problem with yes. this at all. Okay, so David, and then I'll let everyone else answer the same exact question. Where does your main source of business come from? Um, I mean, that's a tricky question for me because... You know, when I first started in real estate, my main source was referral business, you know, so um, my first deal that I closed was a lead that came from a mortgage broker, you know, and, um, you know, from there, it was a lot more referral business from agents and from friends and family. 
um, a few years in, I got into calling um, expired listings and my income jumped almost immediately, you know, and it was probably uh, enough for me to, to, you know, continue to this day calling expired listings and, and, you know, just, you know, calling and making sure that I get a few a year to make sure that I can keep up with the pace. Okay. And then now we pushed into internet lead generation and everything else the past year, which is, it's just a whole nother level right now. Right. That's what I was waiting for you to get into. Got you. <laughs> okay. So you, you had, you gave us three sources. Absolutely. You gave us referrals, you gave us expired listings, and then you gave us uh, internet leads. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So which one is, is like, what would you say is your top? I, I would still say that out of everything, um, going for listings should be your number one priority in this business. Okay. Um, I, I try to tell people when you go to a store to buy a TV, if, if store X doesn't have a TV for you to leave with today, are you going to wait and order it online? Or are you going to go to store Y and, and find a TV in person and take it home? Um, and it's no different than any business that's a retail business. Uh, if you don't have listings, it's going to be tough competition. Um, and, and remember, the, the listing agent always wins. You know, there's going to be 10 buyer's agents that lose and, and one buyer's agent that wins. But whenever you're the listing agent, you're guaranteed to get paid. So uh, definitely it's important really for me to still focus on listings while finding new ways to uh, generate listings through online lead generation also. That's amazing. Thank you, David. Um, Oni, you want to answer what, where does your main source of business come from? What's your main source of business? Um, so my main source of business is my sphere of influence. And to be honest, that's solely my, um, my, that's solely how I've been able to produce the way I've, I've produced. Um, I'm just not a fan of the whole cold calling. I don't, I don't knock it. Kudos to you, Dave, but that's just not my forte. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of my, my business has been my sphere, my sphere of influence. I've always prayed for a referral-based business. And um, that's basically how, you know, how my business is running now. Um, and again, I would say just networking. I think everywhere I go, I'm always handing out my cards. Um, so that as well, whether it be I'm going to, you know, the beauty salon or getting my getting my car fixed. These are just avenues that I use to uh, basically, you know, build my business. Awesome. That's great. Okay. So sphere of influence is Definitely. another source of business. Um, Tabitha, you want to go next? Sure. I, I think I was just mirror exactly what Oni said. My sphere is my, my biggest source of business. Okay. Um, when I started in the industry, I let everyone know that I was a real estate agent. Everywhere I go, there's some kind of something telling people I'm an agent or I throw it in every conversation. I tend to talk to a lot of people, so that helps as well. Nice. Um, but even being dual career, which I am, I still let people know in the other companies that I work at that I also do real estate, so. Awesome. All right, I'm gonna let Trish go and then I'm gonna have a follow-up question for the sphere of influence for Oni and Tabitha. Trish, go ahead. Um, I have to piggyback off of Oni as well too and Tabitha is sphere of influence for me. Um, been in the business for over 15 years. Um, so I have quite a few people that's just always just referring me business from my mortgage brokers to my investors, which have been extremely good for me. Hence, this is the reason why I've been in this business for so long, 
So definitely sphere of influence and um, referral is my main source. Okay, awesome. So we just got a, a question. We just got a question in the chat and it's really the question that I wanted to ask to those that um, your sphere of influence is your like main source of business. Um, how do you maintain your relationship with the sphere of influence? So you are, because there's so many agents, right? So how do you make sure that you're always top of mind with the people that are referring you business? Trish, you can start. Um, constant communication. That is big for me. Um, I'm always in my sphere of influence place. I'm always constantly sending them email, always having a conversation um, once a month, especially, you know, my biggest referral people I do once a month, meetings, dinners, um, things like that, just so they know that I'm still in the business. So when it comes to real estate, they think of me and me only. Okay, awesome. Oni? I mean, that's the name of the game is it's in, it's in the follow-up. So um, I do a lot of warm touches on a monthly basis, maybe once a week, even if it's just checking in, how's your day going? How's your week progressing? That's something that I do on a weekly basis. Um, and unfortunately that's something as, as agents that we lack, we lack in the follow-up. And um, honestly, I've been able to <laughs> get new business because of a certain age and not being able to follow up and things of that nature. So I think that's the most important thing when it comes to maintaining my sphere of influence is definitely in, in the follow-up. That's, that's great. And that's, that's, uh, that's executing at a high level every week we're touching because I'm sure um, it's not like five people, right? Like you have a right. large database and to follow up with that database every week is exactly what we should be doing. And we know this, but every, a lot of agents are not following up. So right. tell, uh, go I ahead. Your closing ahead. deal, it's important, you know, a week or two after you close that deal, hey, I'm, hey, you know, Mr. Smith, I'm just calling to see how you're doing. You know, have you settled in? These are things that my buyers definitely appreciate. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's powerful. That one is definitely powerful because it makes people feel like and just reassures them that you are trying to build a relationship more than just that transaction, especially if you're calling a week or two after uh, they close when you already got your check and you know you don't have to do that. So that's really powerful. I'm, I'm, I'm taking that one. Definitely. Definitely, I think follow-up is a big one. Um, adding people to drip campaigns has helped for me. I'm great at text messaging and the people that I can't necessarily meet or talk to on a regular basis, I do make sure I connect with everyone on social media. So staying active as a person on social media, that keeps me in their face. So they're like, oh, I was just thinking about you. I wanted you to talk to so-and-so or so-and-so was looking for an agent. And I, I find that that helps. Awesome. Like I'm constantly putting out things out there. I'm constantly letting them know that, you know, clients are closing, it is happening. And not just necessarily statistics, because while people like that, I, my social media, they don't seem to like that. They like when they see the real you and then they like to know that people are closing and pictures and exciting things like that, so. Right, no, for sure. They definitely want the relatable side of the mm -hmm. business person. And I'm learning yeah. that now as well. When I first um, started real estate, I always was like, I was following the old methods that everyone was doing. Just, yes. just so just listed open house. And it wasn't, it wasn't a conversation. Like if you were in front of someone, you wouldn't just, 
randomly say just sold or just listed. You would have a, right. a dialogue, you know, there would be some type of dialogue there. So that that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, just sticking on the topic of influence. How do you handle that drunken monkey or you know the the bad angel on your shoulder that says that you shouldn't mix business with friends and family? Anyone or anyone can take this away. I run away from my family, so I'm just gonna go on ahead <laughs> and say you guys go first, you know. <laughs> oh, but David, you said that you started off with referrals. So I did, but none of them were from my my direct family. Okay. Um, it would break my heart. The very first house I sold, um, you know, I, I re recommended the inspector. I recommended the mortgage broker. I recommended just about everybody. And the woman got termites like two years later. And it was almost like it was me and my inspector's fault. So really ever since then, where I realized, you know, this is probably one of the most important transactions of your life. And it's also probably one of the biggest transactions of your life. And, you know, in my case, you know, I would rather have an area professional really help my family wherever they want to go. And, and someone that I trust, I know is going to treat them good than having, you know, that, that friction in the event that something were to go wrong, you know? Yeah, for sure. My family's from the Bronx, man. They'll knock me out, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think I definitely... Okay. I think I definitely like to interact when... when, And I think a few deals actually were my friends and close family because in all honesty, I feel like I, I'm going to take the best care of them, right? And I make that known. So, so mm -hmm. as long as you, you follow up with who you are as a person. My family also trusts me. They're like, okay, she gets things done. Right. So I know she'll do this. And I'm not gonna lie, whether it's a client or a family member, if it's just not for you, it's not for you. It's just, Agreed. I'm not necessarily the salesy agent that is so hungry that I'm gonna put anyone into a bad situation. So building yeah. trust, whether it's family or an agent or a family or a friend or, or actual client that you don't have any relationship with, I think is important. So I don't think, I mean, I think I'd be offended if any one of my friends or family actually went to a different agent. Like, that's not even an option. And you can't <laughs> let me know. Let me tell you something. I definitely posted that on Facebook. <laughs> and everybody saw it because they was liking it and laughing. But I'm so serious. Mm -hmm. I would be offended if not if you didn't use me, if you didn't come to me first and say, look, I'm thinking about buying a house. I'm going to buy in Connecticut or right. Jersey then of course, you know, I could understand you using someone else if you, you know, because you thought that maybe I only did New York. But if you don't have that conversation with me and then you just post up that you closed, I'm gonna unfollow yeah. you for 30 days. We I'm have a problem. Okay. <laughs> I like that she said for 30 days, no 30 unfriending, days. but I'm gonna unfollow you because right, you I'm never know where the next transaction is. Because I need to cool down. No, because <laughs> the thing is, I feel like the reason I feel that way is because people are in my inbox they're text messaging me mm -hmm. calls and all all of this information that I'm just willingly giving out with no like with no restrictions and then you just go and use another agent yeah no. well, I'm, I'm sure that's a story that boundaries. Probably, I'm sure that's a story that we probably all can share right but I I don't necessarily disagree with you know referring a family member or a friend out because we all know our family members, we know our friends, right? So there are situations where it's been, um, you know, I've had a good friend. I'm like, listen, I'm not the agent for you. And we've had that mutual agreement. Um, but I've, I've referred most of, I mean, I've 
worked with most of my best friends and even my sister, I've been able to refer out. So, um, but even along the process, I'm still want to know like, Hey, what's going on? Right. Exactly. So, so um, I don't no, think that makes sense. My family goes, you know, to use someone else because for myself, I pretty much know, like, it's all about mirror matching. And you're like, listen, this is, she's just not going to work with, we're not going to work well together. And that's right. okay. Right. That's Absolutely. Yes. However, they had that conversation with you first and you were able to <laughs> refer them out. That's the, that's the key here. Okay. I'm going to have a conversation with me first and then we can do, you Absolutely. know, then we, then we can handle it. Cause I agree. We know our family and our friends yes. better than most people. So I agree. You're not going to match with everyone. Trish, we want to add right. to this. Um, I agree with David and Oni. Um, when, for the most part, when it comes to my friends and family, I just refer them out. I love them, but it's just, you know, when it comes to business, it's just a different type of environment, yeah. different okay. personalities. So like David said, it's one of the biggest assets that they're going to buy in their life. So I don't want any type of, you know, situation to come about. Agreed. Yeah, so I just like to refer them out. I, I just like, I'm like, damn, you never know what's going to happen. The, the mortgage market might crash again. Something else might crash. And they're not going to look at the mortgage broker. They're not going to look at somebody else. They're going to look at me, you know? Right. And it makes me nervous. And I think also, like like you guys say, it's the relationship you have with your friends and family. I think that Tabitha or, or Oni, you know, might have a different relationship with their family than I do. Remember, you guys see two sides of me. You see the professional guy and you see the goofy guy. My yeah. family doesn't see the professional side at all. I'm just <laughs> cracking jokes on them and them laugh the whole time. So, okay. you know, it's also the perspective that they might see me in. And I'm still also, you know, one of the youngest in the family, no matter how old I'm getting also, you know? So okay. there's always that little gap there also. But I love them yeah. to death. And I showed one of my family members a few houses. And right away, I was like, I'm going to find you someone that's, that works around here. I got you, you know? No. So that, mm -hmm. that makes sense. And David, I feel I had that same... Um, that same dilemma. Uh, William, I see your hand raised. If you have any question you want us to answer, just put it in the chat. I'm answering all questions, as many questions as we, as we can today. Um, so David, I was saying that I had that same thing. You know, sometimes you're, if let's just say I was in, so for me, I was in network marketing. Like I, since like 18, I was like, I need to be a millionaire. I need to be super rich. So I'm gonna do whatever whatever I see that can help me get there, right? Mm -hmm. So I've been in network marketing and I didn't stick with it. So sometimes family and friends need to see that you're serious about this and that it is something that you're committed to. And now I feel like, I wanna say like the three year mark when I was still posting heavy real estate, that's when I started to get more people hitting me up, um, you know, asking questions when I have phone calls, wanna talk about real estate. <laughs> because they saw that I was committed to this. This is not something that I that I just thought was cool. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a little, you know, the shiny object. It was something that I was really passionate about and that I was serious about. So that, like you said, the perception of who you are definitely plays, plays a part in it as well. It really does. You're absolutely correct. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to switch to... What is one thing you do that keeps your mental in a productive space? Um, I'm going first again. Yeah. You can go first. You started oh, okay. already. Um, I think that one of the biggest changes that happened with me um, during COVID was is I just started focusing on my strengths more. You know, what am I good at? 
uh, versus, you know, focusing on what I'm not good at, you know? And I think that, you know, when you're in this business, you know, you're always told do this, this and this, and you'll be successful. They don't really talk about the, the 70 other aspects of real estate that you can get into and be successful in, you know, it's always just buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. Um, so I think that the biggest change that I made to become the most productive I've been probably in eight years um, is to focus on my passion, which is, you know, technology and, and, and computers and, and, and programs and systems and whatnot um, in order to really just keep myself going on a daily basis and enjoying what I'm doing. Thank you for that. I, I feel like I can feel your passion for technology and I love mm, it because when I have you. a problem I'm texting David, like, <laughs> I don't know, how do, what are we doing with this Excel sheet? You know, Thank like you. as basic as that or, mm -hmm. you know, Facebook ads or anything like that. So I really just appreciate everyone's support and answering questions and Thank just you. being there, honestly. Anytime. Anytime. Oni, what is one thing you do that keeps your mental in a productive space? Oh, it's, it's the travel for me. <laughs> <You guys know. laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely a flight for me. Okay. Um, that's just something that I've, that I've always loved to do. And I said, I think in this business, you definitely need to have that outlet. And for me, it's definitely been traveling. Um, like I said, I literally just came back from LA. So, um, definitely did. yeah, it's just, I don't okay. know mentally if I, I didn't have that outlet. I don't know if I really even would be productive because, you know, we have different journeys. We have different stories in real estate and, you know, um, it, it can be challenging. It, it can be tough. So me getting away, that has definitely been my outlet. No, I think that's amazing because the, the thing is real estate is not physically draining, you know, usually it's, it's not as much physical labor, but the mental part of real estate is like, honestly, it's it's a lot so that that makes a lot of sense david you you wanted to say something i just i think that one of my favorite parts of the real estate business is you have to hold yourself accountable and we all know that yeah. and what i try to tell my friends who tell me they want to get into business or anyone else is that you know you can match your yearly income at just about any job in real estate in just a few months you know and you know, being in a business like this where you run yourself and you don't have to ask permission for anything pretty much, it allows you to travel and do what you want when you want in a split second. And I think that's that's really the best part for me. Some agents have looked at me like, you know, why would you just want to make all your money in six months and not work the rest of the year? And, you know, for me, it's important to have that time I didn't have before when I was in a high producing commission based sales job, you know, where I had to ask permission for a vacation, permission for a day off. Or if I was out sick, I had to call up and call out sick and they would beg me to come in no matter what, you know, or we'll just come in for a few hours. So I just think the freedom is really, you know, like Oni said, just to be able to feed her passion of traveling and just fly you know, without, you know, asking anyone, it's a beautiful thing. I, I want to speak to that point really quickly. And then I'm going to let um, Tabitha answer. Um, I feel like real estate, uh, I don't know, brokers or the real estate industry sells you on. There's so much freedom as a real estate agent. <laughs> and that's the best part of being a real, it's also the worst part. Mm -hmm. It's sure also is. the worst part because there is no base salary. So if you just want to be free and take vacations all the time, that's okay. But understand that you're not going to match your salary in a couple of months. It's going to take you a year or so to match it because 
You have to you have to hold yourself. You know, you know, the hard way like that. Yeah, that work. Oh yeah. You have to hold yourself accountable to a very very high level, and I think that also that holding yourself to that accountable plays you know have, has a toll on your mental because especially if you're not used to it, you know, like some people are better workers than they are bosses, right? Like that's that's just the reality. I had to when I came into real estate and I had to be my own boss, I realized that I've I prided I prided myself on being on being a hard worker and you know overworking, just working all the time. And then I realized that mindset was not going to get me to where I wanted to go. So that that time that I needed to switch my mindset from worker to a business owner, it was a really long time. It was a hard shift for me because man, like the physical labor, I, I came from the restaurant industry. So everything front of house I've done. So 10, 12 hours on my feet all day going, going, going. And it, it you know, at a, after a point in time, it's like it doesn't bother me. But I had to sit down in an office, which is a very slow pace com compared to the restaurant industry, and and work my brain. And honestly, it challenged me for a very long time. Absolutely. So I just just want to say that it's the best part, but it's also the worst part. Yeah. So uh, Tabitha, what is one thing you do that keeps your mental in a productive space? So I think for me, that's a little multi-layered. So to keep the one thing I do is keep my mental in a productive space. Like, so the things that I do to make that happen is I'm constantly, one, I start with prayer, two, which is consistent day in and day out, because otherwise I'll go crazy. Two, I make sure I'm exercising because I have way too many things to get done to be tired and drowsy. And that's actually what happens to me when I don't move or I don't get exercise. Cause like you just said, I, I spent 10 years of my life in the restaurant industry before I went into corporate America too. So there was a point when I started and you might have had the same where you sit down at a desk and you feel like you can fall asleep. Just just fall asleep because you're not moving. Yeah. <laughs> so I've actually fallen asleep. Right. <laughs> so, that was different for me, but making sure that I have enough energy to actually get these things done. And I'm so... <laughs> I'm so afraid of being broke that I think that helps me to make sure that I'm on the right path, right? If I feel like I'm not producing enough to make sure that I'm comfortable because the worst thing for me is, is worrying about where anything, any any next meal, even though it's, it's not that bad, is coming from. But that's something that keeps me going because I know I don't want to be in a situation like that because I've seen, mm -hmm. you know, I've come from situations like that. So right. understood. That's that what makes sense. That makes sense. And Trish? For me, it's traveling, um, as you know. Um, okay. um, I'm in Ghana, um, just came back from Zanzibar, and it was just my reset button. I'm just hungry just to go back out into business and to get more business so I can plan to travel again. Yes. So definitely traveling is, I mean, I think everybody knows that that's just my thing. That's what keeps me mentally stable in this business, especially working with investors. Um that's my main source of um, income where I work with a lot of individuals and they just, you know, yeah, they demand a lot. They, yes, yes. <laughs> and because of they demand a lot, that's why, uh, you know, I need my mental space. I need that reset button and definitely it's traveling for me. All right. Thank you for that. No, I feel like travel is definitely a reset that we all need to, you know, even if it's not, you're not going out of the country, I don't care if you stay home for a weekend, 
or take one day, keeping your mental in a productive and just a healthy space. Like, how are you feeling? Because you're not going to show up in your business as your best self if you are not feeling well. And, and mm -hmm. if your mental is not in a healthy space, your body starts to break down as well. And then you really can't do much of anything else. So we had a, a question um, in the chat. Um, how do you recover from a really, really bad day? <laughs> um, a glass of wine. <laughs> a glass of wine. <laughs> a glass of wine. A glass of wine. Prefer a glass of two. <laughs> like half a bottle. <laughs> Maybe. Depends on how bad the day was. Right. Okay, David. Um, I mean, the honest answer, I just don't care anymore. You know, I just, you know, the opinion of people, the opinion of someone, how someone might speak to me at a moment to try and screw up my day. Uh, I can give no Fs about any of that anymore. You know, I mean, it, it, I hate to lean on COVID so much, but we experienced something that a generation has never experienced, you know? And the scary thing is, is we had no one to lean on and ask questions on like, what do we do next? What's the right. next step? What's going on? It's just been a, a sea of uncertainty for uh, 18 months almost now. So, I mean, it really just buckling down and not letting outside things just influence me. It's really the most important thing. I'm a big boy. I'm going to make my big boy decisions and it, everyone else can just, you know, shove it, you know? <laughs> Spoken like I a agree true with man. David. <laughs> Spoken like a true David. man. <laughs> uh, I mean pretty much I mean that's just a part of life right we're gonna have our good days and bad days so it's just a matter of shaking it off um, I'm a huge believer in meditation so that's something that I definitely do before going to bed and um, yeah I mean again as a lot of these situations that we go through again it's a part of life so you know yeah you can have your wine or whatever the case may be when you wake up you know, you still have to face reality, right? So right. for me, it's just like meditation for the most part. Okay, no, I love that. I'm gonna speak on that because honestly today, I'm waiting for the clear to close on mm -hmm. one of my deals and I get a call from the mortgage lender like, give me good news. No, mm. right. Mm. No, you're not getting good news. All attest to that, right? So it's just a matter of like shaking it off and keeping it moving, it, keeping it moving. Yeah, so for That's me, so for me, my day was really, you know, was going amazing. I was feeling great. My head was in a perfect space. I meditated this morning. I meditate in the morning because mm -hmm. I want to shape my day to be a certain way. And honestly, meditation keeps me calm because sometimes I am not calm. So meditation as often as possible. I want to say at least, you know, three to four times a week. I would love to say that I do it daily, but I don't. Um, but I, I aspire to that. I work towards meditating at least once a day. Um, so my day was going really well. I got the phone call and I mean, instantly my energy just drained from me because we've been waiting on this deal to close for like a month now. Um, so it's just, you know, a little frustrating, but one thing, um, so I'm an auntie now, I'm a new auntie. I've been auntie for like um, a year, a little over a year. Congrats. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just had my nephew for July 4th weekend. So I have so many pictures in my phone of my nephew. And like instant mood booster. I just like mm -hmm. saw his little chunky face and instant mood boost. I'm just like, you know what? Whatever. Like I can't control what I can't control. And I the only thing I can control is 
me right now. So in that moment, you got to have, also my vision board is an instant mood booster. You mm-hmm. got to find something that's like an instant mood booster. Sometimes it's wine, you know, like whatever it is for you, that's an instant mood booster because you can't control what you can't control and you only should worry about what you can control. That's so right. that's what I, that's what I would say to that. So what are some strategies you're using to keep up with the 21st century marketing techniques? So I know I'm going to let David answer this first because this was his contribution to uh, the panel. I um, really stay honestly, I really say it's like a, a dinosaur industry. Like I said that when I first came in and I, and I, I didn't feel like I, I couldn't find where I fit. Like I couldn't, yeah. it, none of it made sense to me. I was like, all of these marketing materials look terrible. I don't like them, but I got to use them because, you know, what I'm, well, else I can't create something, you know, I wasn't trying to recreate the wheel, but I just knew that it, it didn't make sense to me. Um, so now I'm kind of finding my footing in social media uh, with prettier, more vibrant, uh, more modern uh, designs. So uh, David, go ahead, take that away. Um, you know, I, I just, I think that it's important for ages to understand that you know, technology is moving in a rapid pace, you know? And, you know, one thing that happened to me was is when I got into sales, my entire technology background fell on the back burner. So I had to catch up on almost 15 years of advances of where things are at now to really be able to understand, you know, where businesses are right now. And I think it's important for everyone to understand that, you know, my battle now is not a battle of real estate. It's a battle of getting personal information. I mean, that's my goal every day is to get everyone in this room's information and 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 be able to monitor their online habits so you can figure out a way to sell them, you know? And that's what every major company is doing right now. So I think it's important that for every agent here to collect as much information they can get from their prospects, uh, start learning social media to the T, you know? Uh, I, I, me personally, I don't like posting on social media, but we're at a stage now where you really have no choice. You're almost the odd man out if you're not posting on social media. So definitely uh, getting into that stuff and also automation. You know, there's so many advances in technology now where, you know, a few years ago, I would sit there and drag all day making these calls and, and, and making these contacts when, you know, at the push of a button now, uh, a lead or an individual has an entire, you know, plan from text messages to emails to Facebook stuff that pretty much keeps me in tune with them and keeps me in front of them on a regular basis. So embrace technology as much as you can. Automation was like the key thing that stuck out to me because mm-hmm. that that you'll you'll get responses from emails and text messages that you you know you're not remembering that you're you're sending out you know mm-hmm. and someone will email you like oh about that listing in my head I'm like what listing mm-hmm. you know but the automation is really important. It's amazing because you can really individualize yourself now. And I love scrolling Facebook because even the other day I saw the cowboy realtor and he made a whole music video out of a country song that he was heartbroken that his client cheated on him with another realtor. (laughs) And it was just, it was so funny. And, you know, it's amazing to see that, you know, agents have used, you know, platforms like Facebook and TikTok to really, you know, set out their personality, show themselves off, make people laugh or give people information. And it just watches their business grow, grow and grow. It's really, it's really cool to see. Awesome. Tabitha, you want to touch base on that? 
I would say um, just being who I am, it, it was a big thing because coming in, people were like, well, you need the same thing. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, so there's different things that will work for me. And it, it, it became to the point where I was actually, I started off better than some of those people who were telling me everything that I needed to get done and projecting their fears onto me. So I think bringing who I am, regardless of what the industry, whether it's real estate or any other industry makes a difference, right? Because authenticity always comes through. So I think with social media, even though I'm uncomfortable being in front of any camera, even like right now, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting used to that or putting information out there and things that I see people are interested in, whether it's directly real estate related or not, then they remember and come around to me and ask me real estate questions. Because regardless of what I put out there, my next story is going to tell you something real estate related. So I know you're going to see it. Right. Yeah. So authenticity is definitely key, especially in this age, people see right through you. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they see it's social media. Like if you have a business page and then you have your personal page, this, there's no privacy anymore. People can mm -hmm. find you, they can Google you. And you can say one thing and then they find your pictures that you didn't want nobody to find because you thought, years it was ago. On, yeah, you yeah. thought it was on your personal page so nobody could see it. Just, you know, yeah. authenticity. You have to be your, you know, authentic self mm -hmm. um, and understand that everything and anything that you post can be found. Yeah. Trish, you want to touch base on that? What strategies, strategies are you using to keep up with the 21st century marketing techniques? Only you wanna you wanna chime in? Yeah, I'll chime in. I mean, social media has just been, it's just it's never been my niche. Don't love it. Um, but I understand that's that's the you know, these are the times that we're living in right now. So what I what I've done is um I hired a social media manager. Um, and she basically is the one doing all my postings, um, I just sold. Um, in contract, just because I understand, you know, you have to, you have to stay relevant, you know, in business. So that's something that I did. I knew it was something that I knew. Uh, it takes a lot of time throughout the day. So I said, you know, it's all about branding yourself. So that's what I did. I went ahead and I, I uh, hired a social media manager. Got it. So social media presence, being authentic on social media, um, automating your social media posts or your contacts right. um, and just, you know, being, being who you are. That's what I'm getting so far. Um, oh, and David with using technology and understanding it in a way that you can uh, capitalize on that because technology is the now, you know, we are in the information age. If you are not utilizing technology in any way, um, you're, you're going to be left behind. Mm -hmm. Trish, what are your what are what are some strategies you're using to keep up with uh, marketing techniques of the 21st century? Can you hear us, Trish? All right, Trish is having some technical. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I was issues. Please forgive me. You're I'm fine. back. <laughs> what was the question again? What are some strategies you're using um, to keep up with the 21st century uh, marketing techniques? 
Definitely um, social media interaction. Um, definitely using the SEO. Um, every time you type in Latricia Asante, I would like to at least be like one of the top three when you do um, go through the SEO, the search engine optimization. And that's how I'm keeping up with the 21st century, you know, marketing. Yeah. But for the most part, it's definitely social media interaction for me. Nice. SEO is really important because the more you post um, about the neighborhood that you're selling in or just your name associated with your business that you're in, we're all here of real estate agents, the higher you are on the ranking when someone types in Bronx real estate or Westchester real estate, you know, you want to make sure that all of your social media platforms have real estate realtor something in the in in that page so you are being connected to the real estate world that 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 is what seo is search engine optimization okay so that was that was really good we're going let me see if we have any more questions in the chat okay Someone asked, can we talk about the specifics in automation, how to start and what works best? Google. So I guess they're, speaking, they're asking basically um, the CRM system that you may use, right? right is that exactly. I guess, Dave, you can chime in on that. I mean, I, I use a, a multitude of systems. It's scary. I mean, because... You know, I, there's a little bit of good in all of them. There's a little bit of good in command. There's a little bit of good in privity. There's a little bit of good in lion desk. There's a little bit of good in constant. Con I mean, it's so many systems. It's really endless, guys. He's a techie. Um, but I, I will say this, you know, no one taught me this stuff. You know, it took a lot of research, a lot of Google, a lot of YouTube, and a lot of notes, you know, to really figure out all this stuff. And, you know, we have a unique opportunity that, you know, we don't have to sit down and pull out, you know, book number 34 of the Encyclopedia Britannica to, to learn something. <laughs> it, it's really a, a, a point and click type situation. So uh, it, it, as simple as what are the best CRMs in real estate? Um, what is the best uh, auto poster for social media? Uh, we really solved that question for you because what, what may work for me and what I may enjoy may not work for you at all. So it's really a touchy feely thing when it comes to that. Absolutely, trial and error. Absolutely, trial and error. Yep. Tabitha, you want to chime in on what CM, uh, CRM you're using or how are you using automation in your business? I think it's mostly um, command as soon as, because I know I won't remember to do it later or when other people come in, I, I make it happen initially. So as soon as I get all the information, I'm dropping people on drip campaigns and doing things of that nature. And um, making sure that I actually use social media schedulers like Hootsuite so that certain things go out even when I don't think about it because, you know, we all get busy, we get up and sometimes you'll get distracted from your list, but you don't want to not be consistent for anything, right? Consistency is what's going to help. So if you're consistently doing that, then you're staying on the, top of the, the front of people's minds. Absolutely. So that's, that's the point of automation. Nice. Okay, so these are... We are here for specifics and tactics. We have Hootsuite. David listed a number of different CRMs, but I'm going to just vouch for using what we are already paying for, Absolutely. Command. That is the first place that you can go. I, I think that it's important, and I'm not trying to sound cocky at all, you know, but I think it's important for everyone to understand that 
you know, I still use command in some aspects of it today, but things got too big for me to continue using command, you know, and until you essentially break command on your own, working with it on a daily basis, you really shouldn't be looking at any other CRM right now at the moment. Agreed. It's definitely, that's the thing. That's the reason why I said it, it's a lot out there. Um, mm. And that's why I say we should just start with what we're already paying for. We have this system. Um, if you have under 5,000 contacts, command should definitely be the, the system that you're using um, just to figure out, you know, what you like about this system and, and, and what you don't like. But find a way to use it um, to start. That's where you can start. Uh, Trish or Oni, you want to chime in with the CRM or any, how are you um, using automation in your business? Command as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, like David said, it, it's really case by case, what you're comfortable with exactly. in the beginning. I hated command, you know, I mean, there was a lot of nit, a lot of glitches, but I yeah. think every system is going to have their glitches. So, um, yeah, for me, that's my go-to. It's command. Okay, nice. I'll be real. When I left command and went to the new system, I broke that well, I system also. So definitely. <laughs> and even support over there was like, please stop calling us. We can't fix this. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't fix this? What's going on? So right. definitely realize when you have a goal in mind and you're really focused, you can destroy plenty of systems out there going through it, you know? Right. Oni, what were you saying? Why no, David used um, Lion's Desk. I know he had mentioned that because yeah. he used to be the command mogul. I don't hear about right. it no more. So, you know. <laughs> um, command, ha command has come a, a long way, you know, yeah, and, and I give it a lot of credit and I give, you know, Keller Williams credit because they're not looking to pay someone else for a CRM, you know, they're right. just trying to build their own and keep your information yourself so yeah for that i got a lot of love for you know and and definitely it's come a long way the advancements are there and like maxine said if you don't have a database of, of five thousand people uh you shouldn't be worried about using another um database i mean when when i first started this venture i only had a database of about three thousand people in about a year i've grown that to about twenty eight thousand people and by the end of the year i want to be at sixty thousand people and hopefully by the end of next year i want to be at one hundred and fifty thousand people so it's really about how many times are you going to be able to double up your production in gathering information to be able to sell these people but it takes time and you have to be you know comfortable with the systems that are available agreed Trish, what's what CRM, CRM are you using or how are you automating anything in your business? Same thing with me, command drip campaigns for the most part. Okay, nice. Okay, so that, <laughs> Trish says she can't wait to break some systems. <laughs> nice. Okay, so we're wrapping up. I just wanted uh, one last question everyone to give one piece of advice to everyone that took time out of their day to uh, come and listen to uh, uh, us sharing our strategies. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this a little bit earlier. I wish I would have met Tabitha eight years ago um, because if she would have told me, don't listen to what anybody else is saying and do what you want, I probably would have followed what she said. And that's the best advice I can give someone. Everyone has an opinion. And unfortunately, my first couple of years, I took the opinion from all the wrong people. You know, get in there, do what you want, make yourself different, separate yourself from the crowd and, and your business will grow uh, at whatever pace it grows. But rely on yourself in this business. Don't rely on no one else. You know, just go out there and find your information and grow at your pace. Nice. 
Trish, one piece of advice you want to I mean, give. Don't stop. Keep on going. Um, have a fix. Being productive and keep on doing what you're doing best and having a thick skin in this business. Um, and that's basically I can, you know, advise. Keep on nice. going, moving forward. Okay, awesome. Tabitha? I think it would be, you know, continuing with the same thing, not letting other people project their ideals or fears onto you, right? Because as soon as you come in, they're like, you're probably not going to close a deal for about a year or or whatever random so things they say, so or you can't be, you can't be, you're not going to be successful if you're not doing this full time, just things that they haven't been able to achieve. So just know your why and don't let people project their fear onto you. So I usually say that, like, if you can't go along with what I'm telling you I'm going to do, then you need to move because I'm going to do it anyway. Love nice. it. Nice. Oni? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's just, I would definitely say, you know, you have to find your own niche. You know, what works for me may not work for Trish or Tabitha or David, but, um, you know, like, again, I found out from just trying the whole, you know, cold calling that just wasn't, it just wasn't my, my forte. I felt very, I felt like I sound like a robot and I'm just like, no, I'm more, I'm more that, you know, in-person agent. So, you know, door knocking or again, just using my, my sphere of influence. So I, I would, I, my whole big, my biggest takeaway would just be, would be to definitely find your own niche. I love that. I love every piece of advice that was given. I'm going to chime in and to say, I have two. Um, take action immediately and be adaptable because that is the only way you're gonna find your niche. That is the only way you're gonna know how you being authentic works in the real estate business. That's the only way that you're gonna be able to continue to go on. You have to take action and you have to be adaptable because if what you're doing is not working, you might need to pivot, right? Like you might need to be okay with saying, okay, um, maybe I need to go speak to Jay or maybe I need to speak to, to Dion or maybe I need to speak to some top producer or something and get some type of advice and then, you know, mold it into, into you because that's, that's how I, that's what I've been doing in my business. I listen to the advice from people that are where I want to be and then put Maxine on it because it's not gonna work the same way that it worked for them. It's not gonna work that same exact way for me. So I wanted to thank all of the panelists for agreeing to be here and sharing amazing insights. I loved it, it was very, I feel like everybody has at least one thing that they can take from this, this panel today, this mastermind today and, and implement in their business immediately. And these are the high level conversations that I love to have. Um, Yes, people are saying thank you um, in, in the chat. I want to thank you. I want to thank um, everybody, uh, the staff at KW for being super supportive with this mastermind. Uh, Vanessa, Dion, uh, the other Vanessa, which is agent, the director of agent services, as well as Marlon, everyone for being super supportive. I thank you guys for taking time out of your day and being here. I look forward to seeing us all being very productive agents. Bye, guys. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great job, everybody. Take care.